Welcome to the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Nate and I will be covering college football matchups and big games to watch for today, and your Week 11 NFL guide and schedule for tomorrow. It's all coming up next here on the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Nate! Peter! What's going on, man? Oh, you know, man, just chilling. Yeah? Yeah. Day, man, I got a lot going on today, so it's yeah, I'm I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off most of the day, but yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah. Um, you all right? Have a good week, yeah, man. Last full week, next week, I work two days, and then I have five days off for Thanksgiving, and gotta build a Christmas float for my work. Well, right on. Good, man. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started. He's Nathan Sheridan. I'm Deontay Pete. This is the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Happy Saturday, everybody. It's, you know, we're a couple days closer to Turkey Day and we're getting closer to Christmas. And now I will say this year has flown by fast like it's i mean it's like it's like yesterday we were i mean we were in like july june july and now here we are in november about to go in december it's 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 a fast year man what do you think <laughs> yeah man i agree it's yeah i don't know this year's been fast i mean it's sort of coming out of the post pandemic still a little bit and i think as we're allowed to go out and do whatever man it's just more stuff you can do faster things go by, man. And being an adult working all the time, you just sort of lose the days. They go by, man. They just go by. Absolutely. So as it's, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's pretty cold outside. You know, we got, uh, you know, I heard in Buffalo, New York, that there's at least five feet of snow on the ground. So they got hit pretty hard. I know the bills are, playing their next two games at uh, Forge Field where the Lions play. Uh, they'll be playing a home or they'll be playing a game there this Sunday against Cleveland and then they'll be playing their next Sunday against the uh, Detroit Lions. So they're going to be playing in the and be sharing a uh we sharing the stadium there. All right. So, lots to know if you guys haven't looked it up or anything like that, just look up Buffalo, New York and look up the snowfall totals. It's uh it's. I mean, I I saw pictures. I saw they they showed a, a video of Highmark Stadium where the uh, where the Bills play at, and it was. Uh, I mean, like there's you you couldn't even see you couldn't even see turf. This is yeah. all uh, snow, so it was it was rough. But I don't know. I think they were able to get through it. So uh, we'll see how long it takes for them to get that snow off the uh, off the grounds there in Buffalo. So. College football Saturday, Nate. We are one week closer to a big rivalry, rival, rivalry week, um, which is next week for most college teams. And then, of course, the you got bowl season coming up and uh, the college football playoffs. So, um, quickly, we're going to go over some top ten matchups uh, today. We're going to cover um, your week eleven NFL schedule matchups, and then talk a little bit about. Uh, college basketball and uh, early Final Four predictions. So, as we dive in here, uh, Nate, another good week for teams that are in the top four um, remain undefeated. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. Um, all four teams coming off wins last week. Uh, Ohio State was able to take uh, take a win over Indiana. Michigan was able to um, – Michigan was able to play, I think, um, just blue, blue blink in my mind now. Right. <laughs> um, sorry, they played Nebraska last week. Yeah, Michigan beat Nebraska, TCU beat Texas, and then uh, Georgia, Georgia was able to come out with a win as well. So, again, another, another great week, solid week for those top four teams. Uh, you know, matchups to watch for today, and just going back here, Georgia last Georgia last week kind of that went to state. So we talk about you know the 
the the top four, Nate, and the and the playoff predictions real quick. So you look at it right now. Obviously, it's Georgia's number one, Ohio State's second, Michigan's third, TCU's fourth, and then your five and six spot. You have uh, Tennessee and and LSU on the outside looking in, and then look at your number seven spot. You have you have USC. So, Nate, hypothetically, I mean, you know, we talked about this last week, last couple of weeks that. You know, really, if one of these team one one of these four if one of these four or five teams lose, meaning if if let's say hypothetically Tennessee loses another game or TCU uh, takes their first loss of the season, I think that opens up way for for USC and LSU and and if LSU LSU six Nate, so you think you figure if if LSU makes the playoff as a as a two loss team, that'd be the first time ever in college since the college football playoff uh, started back in twenty fifteen. That they that this would happen. So you you go back to I think it was 20, 2017, 2018, Ohio State was had two losses on their on their resume and they were right there in that fifth spot. And I think Alabama haired them out by um by a couple votes. So I mean it's it, it's almost like you're you can almost say that a a two loss team they can probably make the college football playoffs. Now, I, I I think I think in my eyes how how this is gonna finish. I think Georgia's gonna finish number one. Ohio State's gonna be second. I I think Michigan's gonna fall off. I think Michigan will probably get replaced. You might see Tennessee take in that number three spot. I also would not doubt that a that this this USC team um, jumps up. You know, four spots, uh, four spots into, into the college football playoffs. So, I, I I think I think that the scenarios are there, and I think if even if Ohio State were to if Ohio State wins this week, and let's say they lose to Michigan next week, I think Ohio State still remains in the college football playoff. They might drop down to uh, third or fourth, but you know the the biggest thing is Nate is even if you know because Michigan plays against Illinois this week. So, in Illinois, Illinois and Purdue are going going uh, neck and neck for that Big Ten West uh, division title. So, so you got that you got that going for them. Illinois, Illinois is a program that's only lost three games this year. They were previously ranked in the top twenty five, um, and then they fell last week to Purdue. So, um, Nate, quickly, man, I, I just I just want to know if you know hypothetically your top four who who finishes who finishes out the season in the top four and why all right p here you go my top four and you know like you were talking about the scenarios like this is this is weird to me you know i feel like uh, number four i think tcu is going to stay there i think they are the cincinnati bearcats of last year that they're that one team that no one expected to be in there i think if they went out they're just going to be put in there as the underdog team to keep people on their feet. And I think number three, I'm going to say, I'll say Michigan. I think Michigan, I think, I think there's an upset. I think Michigan's going to beat Ohio state next week. I don't know. And I understand they play Illinois this week in Illinois, you know, at one point they were ranked, but even fighting with Purdue, I, I think Michigan gets a pretty, precise win against Illinois and for number two I'm gonna say actually Michigan will be number two number three Tennessee Tennessee deserve so I think Ohio Ohio State if if Ohio State loses to Michigan they're gonna fall to the fifth yeah I I think so I I think I think that because that's what happened last year man because Ohio State was like I think they were third last year and Michigan Michigan defeated them and Ohio State dropped out. I think Ohio State ended up finishing like fifth or sixth and they ended up getting the Rose Bowl game, which, I mean, would you like to be in the college football playoffs, Nate? Absolutely. But, I mean, to to be able to take one of these consolation bowl games, I mean, that's I guess that's that you have no other choice but to. But Ohio State was able to win the Rose Bowl game. But, I mean, I, I like the, I like the hypo, hypothetically, you know, um, you know, I, I like the prediction there. I do think that uh, I, I do think if if Ohio State, I mean if Ohio, if Ohio State's able to 
and, and I think a big thing is too, Nate, you, they have to look at their resume um, and see how many, how many wins do they have against power five opponents, um, power five conference opponents. And, um, and what's, what's their, what's their point margins? Is it by, have they been able to de- defeat their opponents by 20 or, pro- or plus more, uh, plus more points? So, I mean, you go back and look at it. Yeah, they beat Notre Dame by 11 points. They put up 45 points against Arkansas. They put up 77 points against Toledo. So you're not conference games. 52 points against Wisconsin, 49 points against uh, Rutgers, uh, 49 points against uh, Michigan State, 54 points against Iowa, 44 points against Penn State, 21 points against Northwestern, and 56 points against Indiana. I mean, I think I think that's – that's a good enough case to bring up to the uh, to the Big Ten committee when it when they're when they're talking about or not the Big Ten committee but the college football committee um, when when this comes into play. Now Michigan, I, I think Michigan's played really good ball. Um, I, I think that there's been a couple games where they've they've been down. I know or I know last week when they played against Rutgers, Rutgers kind of back and forth them for a little bit, and then Michigan just took off from there and won the game and. I think I think the only the only my only concern is that, um, you know, I, I do think that TCU uh, will win out. I mean, I, my only speculation was if TCU would have lost to Texas last week, then that's then that's another that's a different conversation. Um, but I, I, I actually watched that game um, and TCU. Both teams play really well. Uh, TCU just had the upper hand um, on, on the on, on the run game. And. Again, Georgia, I mean, Georgia's Georgia. I mean, we're not, I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, unless they, unless they were to lose the LSU in the SEC championship game, that would probably be the only concern, but they're not going to move down three or four spots for losing the uh, LSU. So, um, I, I, I somehow think that Tennessee makes it back into the top four, whether it be a Michigan loss, a TCU loss. Um, I, I'm very confident that Ohio State wins out. Um, but we've also seen things happen in college football. So, um, so I mean, there's I, I think I think TCU or I, I think Tennessee has a chance. I do think LSU has a chance if they're able to win the uh, the, the SEC championship game. And uh, USC USC is in the seventh spot, so they're they're gonna have they have two they have two comp or they have two ranked opponents left. They're playing UCLA today, and then they're playing Notre Dame uh, next week. So. Those those ones are going to be key, and 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 of course the point margin, Nate. Those those are going to be key factors, and um and if they're going to um uh, run the table and, and make and make the bowl, uh, excuse me, make the playoffs. So as we look at our schedule for today, our top twenty five matchups, um, you got uh, uh, second rank Ohio State. They're playing against Maryland, and uh, another. This is one of those games that you know, yeah, Ohio State's a twenty seven point uh favorite, but this game is going to be circled on everyone's calendar today because everyone thinks that this could be a potential trap game for Ohio State. And um, you're playing on the road, and last time they played on the road at Maryland, um, I think Ohio State went into overtime, and I, I they were able to – I mean, they were able to win, but it wasn't easy. Um, and you're going back probably four, four years ago when that happened. Um because they didn't, I, I don't think they play each other uh, at home on uh, during the COVID season. So you, you got that going for you, right? So uh, you got ninth ranked Clemson versus Miami, twentieth uh, ranked uh, US or UCF versus Navy, third ranked Michigan versus Illinois, fourth ranked uh, TCU versus Baylor, uh, eighth ranked Alabama, eighth ranked Alabama versus Austin P. Uh, 19th ranked Florida State versus uh, the Raging Canes of Louisiana, 15th ranked Kansas State versus West Virginia, 23rd ranked Oregon State versus Arizona State, 18th ranked Notre Dame versus Boston College, number one ranked Georgia versus Kentucky. You got um, 11th ranked Penn State versus Rutgers, 24th ranked uh, uh, NC State versus Louisville, 23rd ranked Cincinnati versus Temple, 13th North Carolina taking on Georgia Tech, Fifth ranked Tennessee versus South Carolina, fourteenth ranked Ole Miss in Arkansas, twenty second ranked Oklahoma State Oklahoma, seventh ranked USC UCLA, sixth ranked LSU versus UAB, seventeenth ranked Washington versus Colorado, and then you got tenth uh, ranked Utah versus twelfth uh, ranked Oregon. So, Nate, not not too many big matchups in the top twenty five. 
Um, I, I do think Ohio State beats Maryland. Um, I, I, I see – I see the Miami Clemson game being a trap game for Clemson. Um, I, I do, I do think that um, I, I think Clemson will, I think Clemson takes the win, um, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, you know, UCF, I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of good things out of uh, central Florida um, as of recent, you know, they're eight and two, they're right there in the, in the uh, uh, American athletic conference. So, I mean, I, I think that's, I, I, I think they'll get that win there against Navy. Um, now, Nate, I, I do have some concern, and I know I, I, I go back to this third-ranked Michigan versus Illinois game. And granted, Illinois is only 7-3, and three, Michigan's 10-0. and 0. They're playing at Michigan, which, which is a hostile environment for, for opposing teams um, coming to the big house, probably one of the largest college football stadiums in all of, in all of college football. Uh, Michigan's only favored seventeen and a half, so I'm I'm thinking the spread is a little too too light, don't you think? I don't know, man. I mean, I really do like this Michigan team, Pete. I mean, they're really talented, and Illinois, man, when they were ranked, they played really well. But then, as as of late, man, they just they haven't been doing as well. They've been taking a lot of losses, and as you said, Purdue is moving up. They're starting to get wins against pretty decent teams, and. It's, it could honestly end up being Purdue winning out in that division. I think Michigan, I think, is going to precisely, like, blow out Illinois. I don't – I'm not going to say Illinois is a bad team. I just – I really like this Michigan team with Harbaugh and the quarterback and all them. They just play Michigan ball. And in and going to Michigan, like you said, it's hostile. And, man, like, you know, remember, like, two weeks ago – Michigan and Michigan State, man, there was like a fight in the tunnel. Like these Michigan boys, they they fight and they they want to make it to the playoffs and they want to get make it to the finals. So I think it's a pretty good and safe bet. I get you say it's a trap game, which it could be. I see one trap game, which I'll whenever we finish with this with the Ohio State game, I'll tell you what it is. But I. I think Michigan's going to blow them out, Pete. Nate thinks Michigan's going to blow out the fighting Illini of Illinois. And, um, you know, you go back to the – you go back to the Ohio State-Maryland game, Nate. Oh, yeah. Ohio State-Maryland. You know, I think – I I do believe Ohio State's going to blow them out. But I I could be wrong. Maybe Tua's younger brother, I can't really pronounce his name. Talia Tugaviola. (laughs) You know, he, you know, maybe he balls out a little bit and shows some um, shining spots to where he can show that he's a prospect at some point, but he's not as good as his brother. But I think Ohio State, they just got to play Ohio State football. That's all they got to do. I mean, Maryland is gonna be I don't think it's a tough game for them I think they just got to play Ohio State football and they're gonna blow them out I have no question Nate thinks it's gonna be a blowout here in College Park Ohio State versus Maryland and you know Ohio State's been dealing with a lot of running back uh, issues lately They've, they had the injury with Mayon Williams and Trayvon Henderson um, didn't play in the Northwestern game a few weeks ago so uh, hate uh, their their third guy got a lot of touches in that win over uh, Indiana last week. So um, they're going to have Trayvon Henderson this week. Uh, there's some uh, uh, optimism that uh, Mayon Williams returns next week for the Ohio State-Michigan game. I think – and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. I, 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 think, I think when we go down the list here um, – you know, I could potentially see that uh, that twenty second rank Oklahoma State and Oklahoma game being a being one of those trap games. I think Oklahoma, though they aren't where they want to be, um, you know, they've always had uh, good success with uh, with having a great head coach in Lincoln Riley, who's now at USC, who's who's potentially going to be in that Pac twelve championship game. So, you know, you look at you look at Oklahoma and kind of what they're dealing with. Um, you know, you got a young quarterback. This team is young all around. Get a bunch of freshmen, sophomores, uh, sophomore juniors who were who were uh, who were basically leading the way for these guys. And um, you talk about their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, five uh, eleven junior out of uh, from Hawaii. 
16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, so he's not he's not having too bad of a season. Um, it's just the fact of the matter is is that you know Oklahoma has not been able to win games that they they should they should be able to win. Um, so I mean that's that's you go along with that as well. So now so now turns the big question. Uh, for Oklahoma State, they didn't have Spencer Sanders last week. Um, they're 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 starting quarterback, and they uh, actually they didn't have him a couple weeks ago. And they they lost they got they got completely annihilated by Kansas, who is now bowl eligible. So, um, so I mean, I I think I think playing at Oklahoma, I think Norman, Oklahoma, is a very hostile environment. Um, you know, I I think that I I think that this is a game that Oklahoma. Uh, puts it to Oklahoma State. Um, Nate, what are your thoughts on Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma? Man, uh, crossroad rivalry, man. I mean, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a hostile game. And I, uh, you know, with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma to go to USC, there was a big question mark as to who is now Oklahoma because we saw like all their, uh, People who were coming in and signing with Oklahoma, they all transferred. You know, you had Rattler, he went. Williams, he went. They all transferred. It was like – and, I mean, this year, you know, Oklahoma is okay. I, I think they're still trying to rebuild from what just happened in the offseason with Lincoln Riley and them. But I think they're starting to get their feet under them. And Oklahoma State, as you just said, they did lose last week. But they didn't have well. They the won player. last week, and I made a mistake. They won last week, um, but they they lost the previous week to Kansas without without their starting quarterback. Oh, okay, my bad. No, you're but good. yeah, it. I think you know what I agree with you, Pete. I think Oklahoma can beat Oklahoma State, even if Oklahoma State's ranked. I think Oklahoma is gonna with that atmosphere, and I think they're gonna stick to their running game and. They're going to start playing Oklahoma ball sooner or later. They just got to figure out who is this new Sooners team. What is the projection and the destination that they're trying to go? Like, what, what, who are the Sooners? Are they still the run heavy team or are they a defensive team? They just got to figure out their identity. So I'm going to take an upset. I'm going to say Oklahoma upsets Oklahoma State. Nate takes the Sooners over the Cowboys and. Um, you know, the, the, I looked at the spread there. Oklahoma's already favored to win by seven points, so uh, that'd be a good matchup. Nate, we circle, we circle one, probably one of the biggest matchups of today, um, in the in the top twenty-five, and it's it's seventh ranked USC versus UCLA, two teams that arguably hate each other, um, crosstown rivals. You got uh, University of California, Los Angeles, and University of Southern California, which is um, in the same area, so. Two teams that are, you know, fighting for, you know, fighting for that conference championship um, uh, um, foe and and their a chance to go to that game. I, I think, um, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of good out of UCLA, but the only the only problem is is that you know you you get upset you you can't the pr- problem is my thing is with college football I look at it like this college football and college basketball. You know, you you can't have letdowns. So, for instance, last week UCLA UCLA was playing against uh, Arizona. Arizona not being a a, a a so good team in the in the in the uh, Pac-12. Well, that's a game where if you're UCLA, you have to be you have to beat Arizona by at least 25, 30 points. I mean, there's no questions asked, anything like that. Um, they beat Arizona was able to come into their come into the trap and they took over the trap. I mean, that's just that's just what that was. And Arizona was able to come out with the win. But that's the reason why. I mean, you look at UCLA, UCLA was UCLA at one point was ranked. Uh, I mean, they were ranked ninth um, and then they they were kind of back and forth and, um, you know, puts them in the position that they are now. So. I think this is a game that's that's going to be circled. Uh, USC is only favored to win by two and a half. Um, but obviously, we talk about USC and what and the accolades that they've had. Um, they've been their their only loss this season coming to Utah and Utah, Utah. The Utah Utes are a uh, solid team, and they're always competing well in the uh, in the Pac-12. So, which brings me to my next statement. Uh, I I think that 
Caleb Williams, a transfer sophomore quarterback from uh, from Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley brought him over 31 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's 11th in college football with passing yards with 3,000 yards. So, I mean, this guy's playing phenomenal football. He's playing his best football yet. Um, and I think I think it's going to be put to the test today against against um, against UCLA. Now, not only does not only will UCLA have it out for them, but if they lose this game and they go on the road or they're they excuse me, I, I would say this is a home game for UCLA as well or for USC as well because they're crosstown rivals. So I think you know yeah we're we're basically playing at home in quotation marks. And then you play at home, your true home. Um, uh, you play at your true home at the Coliseum against against Notre Dame. So hypothetically, you lose both those games. You lose this week and next week. Then then you know you you're you're not a seventh ranked team. You end up being a a fifteenth or sixteenth ranked team. So I I think this is going to be a tough game, Nate. But I, I think USC has it out for UCLA. Um, I just I still think UCLA has a has enough firepower to, um, um, to to combat against what USC is able to do, and I think the spread on this game is super low, um, with USC only being a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, Pete, I agree, man. I mean, USC, as you said, they are fighting to get into the top four right now, and with Caleb Williams leading the way for USC, I. I really do like USC. I predicted earlier in the season that the Oots were going to upset USC, and I was right. But you, as you said, Utah's a very, very talented team. And this this rivalry, I think this is going to be very hostile. I bet there's going to be a lot of Bruins fans down there. And there might be a lot of USC too, but I think it's going to be three-fourths Bruins, and they're going to pack the house and make it as hostile as possible. I'm surprised the spread is that close. I – I, I get UCLA is pretty good, but, man, USC, they've gotten better and better. And I think that they, they're they under so much pressure right now that they know if they lose, they're out. So I like Lincoln Riley, and I like Caleb Williams. Man, I think USC gets a statement win and heads, de- or heads to play Notre Dame next week. And I think – just going to say an early spoiler, USC is going to beat Notre Dame. I'm just going to say it right now. I I predicted my upset last week to be Navy upsetting my Notre Dame fighting Irish. Notre Dame beat them by three. Well, Nate. US, and USC is way better than Navy. I mean, Pete, I think USC is going to win this game. And this is nothing against UCLA. I just think USC and Lincoln Riley are finding their rhythm. And if they sneak in to the top four, they could be a sleeper team, man. But, yeah, Pete, I think USC is going to win this game by at least a touchdown or 10 points. So that's my prediction on that. Nate's taking USC, and I'm, I'm going to take USC in that matchup. And real quickly, um, you go back to that Notre Dame. You talk about Notre Dame and how USC is going to beat up on Notre Dame. Nate, you, you, you got to give credit to Coach Freeman because this, this Notre Dame team started out 0-2 couldn't really find their identity. Um, you know, they were able to beat California. They were able to beat uh, um, uh, North Carolina coming off a win against BYU. Yeah, they lost to Stanford. Uh, it was a close game, but, I mean, they haven't lost since – they haven't lost a game since that since that loss. So, I mean, they, they come off a win last week against Navy, and they were able to come out with a big upset win over Clemson. And not only that, they upset Syracuse, who was previously ranked in the top 25. So – um, you know, you, you, you kind of got to give Notre Dame some credit. I know that they, you know, Notre Dame is obviously a, a talented football program, um, but I, I think that there's some upside to that to that too. But no, you are right. I think I think you, you, uh, USC um, is going to have some competitive nature in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, no, I mean, I just to go off the Freeman thing. I I love the coach, the coach and the players. The players have came out and say that he fires them up. He like rides on the bus with them. He eats with them. Like coach Kelly isn't, he was the guy who did everything by himself. He went and did his own thing and never really hung out with the players. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying Notre Dame's bad. They are finally finding their identity. I just, I don't know, man. I mean, they're against really bad teams. Notre Dame 
plays down to their opponents. But every game that they play against a ranked team, and I might be wrong about the USC take for next week that they beat Notre Dame because they always play up to their opponents when they play a ranked team, Pete. But, no, I agree. Notre Dame, I'm giving them credit. Next year, I'm excited if we can get some good recruits in there. I bet that we could be in the top four possibly, fighting at least for it. But I don't know, man. I just – I do agree with you, though. Freeman's done a really good job because I was scared after that 0-2 start, man. But, yeah, sorry for uh, cutting in. I just wanted to answer that. You're good. You're good. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good take. It's a good take. It's a good statement. So, uh, Coach Freeman has has team bonding, and, and that's that's what every program needs, not a coach that's selfish, but a coach that's willing to uh, connect with his team and, and help grow and build. Um, we talk about some other uh, notable matchups, Kansas versus Texas. You, you can also watch Florida versus Vanderbilt, uh, Nebraska-Wisconsin, Northwestern-Purdue. I think if Purdue wins that game, I think Purdue will probably be uh, uh, questioned to be in the top 25. Indiana versus Michigan State, Duke versus Pittsburgh, Rice versus uh, uh, UTSA, uh, 15th-ranked Kansas State versus West Virginia, and so on and so forth. A lot of, a lot of big matchups, a lot of good matchups in Division one college football, Syracuse versus Wake Forest. Um, like I said, 10th ranked Utah versus 12th ranked Oregon, which should be a tough game there up north in the northwest. So let's go, Oots. <laughs> Nate says, let's go, Oots. So we, as we switch topics here, uh, we change the subject. We go to week, week 11, Nate, the NFL. And, uh, you know, it's like I said, we're, we're getting, we're getting one week to, of course, playoff season and this is these are these are these are this is the crucial moments of the NFL season where you know it's it's pretty much you it's pretty much like a I wouldn't say make or break but you almost every game here from here on out matters um so we we quickly talk about our um give me one second here we we talk about our division leaders right now the uh, the AFC East is the Miami Dolphins, the AFC North, the um, Baltimore Ravens, the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans, the AFC West, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles, the NFC North, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the NFC West is the Seattle Seahawks. So, Nate, I think uh, if the season were to end today, in the NFC, you would have KC at the number one C, Miami second, third would be Tennessee, fourth Baltimore, fifth the New York Jets, sixth Buffalo, seventh the New England Patriots, and then eighth would be the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So on the outside looking in, and of course in the NFC, the Eagles hold the number one, uh, Minnesota second. The Seattle Sea or yeah, Seattle Seahawks third, Tampa Bay fourth, New York Giants fifth, Dallas sixth, um, the 49ers seventh, and Washington's football team would be eighth. So that's what we're looking at right there. And quickly, Nate, I, I kind of want to run down our, our schedule for tomorrow and early predictions, and 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 we'll go from there. So uh, NFC North rivalry, or excuse me, AFC North rivalry. The Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Acushire Stadium to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nate, the the Steelers were able to pull out a win in Week One when the Steelers were actually something to talk about. Um, now that they're three and six, they get a win last week against the Saints. Um, everyone's saying that the offense is looking good. Najee Harris was going, and uh, Kenny Pickett looked probably had his best game yet against. Against the Saints, defense is defense is playing really well. TJ Watts back. Nate, I I think I as much as I hate to say it, what I saw in Week One when 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 Pittsburgh played against Cincinnati, I saw that the defense the defense had to step up and and play really well. I mean, I think I think you know the offensively we were able to get points when we needed, but we had a pick six, um, we had a couple interceptions, a forced fumble. Um, I think that game, that was a game Joe Burrow threw four interceptions. So um, I, I think in this matchup, Nate, playing at home in Pittsburgh, 
the Bengals don't necessarily have, you know, what they the Bengals don't have Jamar Chase. So I think I think that gives the Steelers a a, a kind of an advantage there. However, they have Joe Mixon. They still have a good quarterback in Joe Burrow, and they still have uh, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. So I mean, they're still they're still talented in, in those aspects of the of the of the on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense is playing really well as well. Nate, I'm gonna have to take the Pittsburgh Steelers in this matchup. Yeah, Pete, and that's a reasonable call. I mean, like you said, I I think that your defense is gonna be the main factor, the key factor in your win today or tomorrow, my bad. And you know, the Steelers, you know, they're they've been up and down. You said they're like three and six. They did get a win against the Saints, who were fighting down there for the NFC South with the Buccaneers, and that division is all messed up. But we'll talk <laughs> about that later. But man, I I think I like that you guys got rid of Claypool because I think getting George Pickens into the mix a lot more, uh, spreading the ball around. I think now the Steelers they need to start finding out. Like, do they need to pass the ball more, or do you need to run it? I mean, man, Pete, I got to ask, what's wrong with Najee? What is going on with Najee Harris this year? That man was arguably top five after last year, and now the man is, like, falling off. And his backup is starting to take more and more reps from him, and it he could lose his job, it seems like, at any point. But that's a question, Pete. What is wrong with Najee Harris before I give my prediction? So uh, Jalen Warren, a, a undrafted, undrafted rookie out of Oklahoma State, he's a he's a north and south runner. He gets the ball, he takes off, he runs hard. That's that's what you want in a running back. You don't want a guy who gets the ball, dances, and uh, changes direction because then 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 you're opening up. You know, you don't want an east and west runner. You want a north and south guy, a guy who can just run vertically. Um, I, I think that's been the problem with, with Najee Harris because I, I was watching the Eagles game a few weeks back and it was third and four and Kenny Pickett did like a swing pass to Najee Harris. All Najee Harris had to do was run straight. He runs straight, he gets a first down, but instead he gets the ball, defenders probably three yards off of him and he starts dancing and gets tackled for a loss. I'm sitting there thinking like, Dude, quit dancing. Just run. Like you're doing too much, and that's. I think that's kind of that development of. I mean, you kind of go back to the the Le'Veon Bell days, right? Le'Veon Bell was the type of runner. He was patient. He waited for his offensive line to make a block, and then he took off. Right? The Steelers don't have that good of an offensive line anymore as they used to, to where you could you could wait a, a second and a half to to make a run. And Le'Veon Bell was a patient runner back in the day. But you just don't have that type of offensive line anymore. Now, Jalen Warren, I, I saw a lot of good things out of him. He had 39 yards rushing last week, and he had he he had, though it was low, but he had good runs. He he got the ball. He got us four or five yards when we needed it. And Naj, not I thought Naj played re, uh, really well last week. He had 98 yards rushing, probably his his best game all season. Um, Things are just clicking well, and I, I think with Naj, he, the, the mindset just has to be get the ball and go straight. Like, just don't don't even hesitate to don't, – don't sit here, don't try to run backwards, don't try to run left and right. Just just get the ball and run forward. That's, that's some of the best backs or get paid the most money when they do their job the right way. And if Naj can't do his job the right way, like you said, um, you, might, you might see a lot of those uh, first-team reps getting – Getting uh, getting in the hands of Jalen Warren and as a first round as a first round uh, first round pick in twenty twenty one with Najee Harris, you know you don't want to lose your job to a guy who's undrafted. That's that's that undrafted guy. It, the, the undrafted guy is on this team for a reason, and he's a backup for a reason because he earned he played he worked his ass off to get to that to get to where he's at now. So I, I think there's a little bit of complacency there because it's like, okay, well. Um, you know everything's gonna be fine, but I I don't know Nate. I think I I think the biggest thing is with Naj, he's got to be more focused on running running north and south instead of east and west. Yeah, Pete, I agree. I I remember watching Naj last year, man, his rookie year, and he did he didn't dance that much. I mean, he would he'd still juke a little bit, but he was like a typical Alabama running back. He would go straight north and south, 
he'd hit the holes, he'd run them over just like he was Derrick Henry. He's a big guy. So, yeah, man, I saw that Eagles play too, and I was like, what the heck's he doing? But, yeah, but for the prediction of the Bengals and Pittsburgh game, man, I mean, like you said, they don't have Jamar Chase. I, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, I mean, I'm not going to take away from them. And I feel like we talk about Jamar so much, we're taking away from them. Those two are great receivers. They are talented. They would start on any team. Probably not the number one receiver, but they would start on any team as a two or a three. But in their tight end, I think, is Hayden Hurst. Yeah. And Mixon, it depends. I think they need to stick to the running game to open up the pass game, which if I'm the Steelers, I load the box and I keep the line or the outside linebackers watching Mixon and then keep a QB sneak in the middle for Burrow. Just you got to contain Mixon. And I think if you do that, force him to throw and Burrow will make a mistake. And I'm not taking away Burrow's sat tall or a solid quarterback. But yeah, P, I think the Steelers do get the win. I I don't believe in the Bengals right now. I there's something off about them. Even without Jamar Chase or with Jamar Chase, they just don't seem they have that Super Bowl high, even though they lost. I yeah, man, I'm gonna take your Pittsburgh Steelers, Pete. We're both taking the Pittsburgh Steelers in that matchup. Nate, the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. And again, like I, I saw a bunch of people pick up Justin Fields on their fantasy team. Um, I heard he, for some, got him 40-plus points um, last week. Justin Fields, though the record doesn't speak for itself, right? Uh-huh. Justin Fields is improving, Nate. And I think it's it's it, he's starting to look like an actual quarterback-ish. Everyone's going to call him a running back. But he had a 61-yard touchdown run against the – against the Lions last week, but arguably a game that you should win um, against a division opponent. But, you know, no, not knocking the Lions at all. The Lions are a very talented team. I think they're they're The Lions are there. They just have to figure out a way to close out games and win. Um, I I think playing the Falcons, I, I mean, I, obviously I watched, I watched that game last week when the Falcons um, played the, uh, the Panthers on Thursday night. Um, and I was, I was kind of, I was kind of in shock. Cause I'm like, well, if you're going to fight for this NFC South division with the bucks, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you, you can't go out and lay an egg against a, a, a Carolina Panthers team. I Nate, I think in this matchup, I, I, I like the bears, man. I, I, I like the high scoring offense. I like, I like the fact that they've been able to put up 28 plus points a game. Um, I, I just, I just think that the defense is able to hold, um, contain Marcus Mariota. And and of course they have Cordell Patterson and Drake London. I I think and Kyle Pitts obviously. Um, I I think the Bears get the win there on the road. I like I like Justin Fields. I I, I think that they're able to open up the offense a little bit with Claypool. Um, I think they get him going this week. Um, so I'm taking the Bears in that matchup in Atlanta. Yeah, Pete, this matchup will be a good one, and I think this is going to be a very high scoring game for one reason. The Bears' defense and Atlanta's defense both are not good. The Bears traded away their two best defensive players, and ever since, they've just – you can run the ball down their throat, pass it down their throat, and that's not taking away from Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, and uh, Kyler Gordon, but even Jalen Johnson, we have good cornerbacks and safeties, but that's it. They destroyed our linebackers. They destroyed our line. And with Mariota being a run-pass option quarterback, you got to wonder, Pete. I mean, I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I love Justin Fields. I love what I see, and I can I understand people calling him a running back. Guys, the Bears' line is not good. <laughs> He gets, he sees a hole, and as everybody is mocking the Bears for him being a running back, dude, our receivers, everybody's like, oh, they need to get him help. Okay, if they can't get open, he's got to run. And he he runs a fast, like, 4, 5, 40. The dude is talented. He does a bunch of jukes and dances while he's in the air running. Justin Fields is starting to play right. I think he's starting to get a connection with Claypool, which is good giving Mooney and dude he used Cole Komet 
That's the key. Why are you not using Cole Komet? We drafted him out of Notre Dame two years ago in the first round. He was the top tight end in the draft. Why haven't we used him? Now we are. If you can just spread the ball around, I think he's gaining confidence and he's starting to hear all the noise. And unlike Mitch Trubisky, when he was with Chicago, he like would turn off the radios and the televisions so he didn't want to hear how bad he was playing and how bad the offense was. Dude, Fields wants to hear it. He posted on Instagram a quote from Spider-Man, everybody wants to see the hero fail. And, man, I love Justin Fields. This game is going to be high scoring. I'm going to say Chicago is going to win. I'm taking my Bears. I believe in the Bears right now. I believe in Justin Fields. That's who I believe in right now. I love Justin Fields. What hurts is that we lost Khalil Herbert, and that was our solid – uh, running back two with David Montgomery to where we didn't have to just give it all to David Montgomery. But, yeah, Pete, I'm going to take the Bears. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and whoever scores the most points wins, Pete. Nate, and I, I – you make a good point. I mean, the – the I, I like – obviously, I, I, I've, I've been – I've been ride or dive Justin Fields since he played at Ohio State. I think he's, you know, young, talented. Um He's there. Like I said, he just he just needs the offensive weapons, and this this Bears team can be what they were – um, the, the, the Trubisky year, a playoff team and, um, and, and, and so on and so forth. But I, I also think that, uh, you know, cause I, I picked up clear Herbert on my uh, fantasy team and, you know, I, I figured, Hey, a number two guy, you know, he's, he's going to get his touches. And of course he's on IR and that, uh, that depleted the, the, the case. But again, that's that, I mean, you can't really, you know, you know, help that, but you know, this bears team is, very close to being very talented. I mean, I know they have equanimous St. Brown, uh, one of the uh, his brother uh, Amon Ross St. Brown plays for the push for Lions. So, I mean, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. I mean, I, I I think you're able to get those guys and 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 play and 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 uh, you know um, play ball. So, Nate and I are taking the Bears in that matchup over the Falcons. Um, we talked about this earlier. The Browns and the Bills playing that game at um in Detroit. Nate, obviously the Bills uh, lose or their third their third loss of the season um, came in an overtime uh, loss to to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings who have been playing at a high level. I I I don't think there's any concern with the Bills. I think that the the problem is is that they had a twenty four to ten lead and completely blew it. Um, so I mean, when you're up that big, you can't you can't just settle. You can't just relax and say, "Oh, we we got this. Or we have a good offense. Our defense is going." Um, you you got to go out there and play and keep playing the game, and that's I think that's what was the key component last week and and Minnesota being able to come back in that ball game late, getting that uh, defensive touchdown toward the end of the game, and um, and winning in overtime in that fourth and eighteen play where uh, Kirk Cousins threw that right. Uh, that die ball to Justin Jefferson was was pretty was pretty cool. The Browns obviously the the Browns are just waiting to ride on getting Deshaun Watson. I mean, I the the Browns are the Browns, um, but I think I think the Bills are going to win this matchup, Nate. Yeah, Pete. I mean, this matchup's pretty interesting. As you said, they had to move the game from Buffalo to Detroit, and. I don't know if you saw this, Pete, but the airports in Buffalo are closed right now, and they're supposed to be flying to Detroit today. Uh-oh. So, yeah, it. I hope the game happens. I think they're going to probably get a private jet, but if the weather's too bad, that might not happen. But to get back to the game, Buffalo, you know, they lost last week to, a. I think, the best team in the NFC right now in the Vikings. Adding Hawkinson and the Kirk Cousins and boys are swagging out. They're finding – they're playing out. The Bills, I don't they're, – they're too Josh Allen-centric. And I love Josh Allen, man. He can run. He can pass. He's smart. And, you know, we compare Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen to the Tom Brady and Peyton Manning feud back in the days, man. But, dude, they're so Josh Allen-centric that they haven't been using the run game as much. They don't use Singletary. They have Naheem Hines. They just got him out of Indy at the trade deadline. And with Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, you would think, man, that team, 
they're Super Bowl bound. And that was my Super Bowl pick, Pete. But man, I don't know anymore. Buffalo is starting to play down. And even if they lost to a competitive team like the Vikings, I'm just scared. And I, and you know, Pete, Josh Allen is hurt. He, they just decided he's going to play this week or like two days ago on Thursday. So hopefully that doesn't affect him. But to get to the Browns, I think this game is Buffalo's to lose. Buffalo's going to win the game. But with Deshaun Watson coming back with his suspension about to be lifted about a week or two, he started practicing this week with the, the first team. So that's taking away some reps from Jacoby Brissett. So that's going to be pretty hard. I wonder if some of the chemistry will start wearing off and they're going to all be so hyped for Deshaun that they don't focus in on working with Jacoby. But, Pete, I think unless the Browns keep running the ball with Nick Chubb and control the clock, I think the Buffalo Bills defense, especially in a dome, they're going to – they're going to – their defense will show up. I think Josh Allen will play – a conservative game where he does let Devin Singletary and those boys run the ball. I bet that was a game plan since they were going to play in Buffalo where it was snowing. So typically your game plan would be run because you can't pass that well and catch in the snow. So I think that the Bills will win this game. It'll be a tight game, but I got Buffalo, Pete. Both taking the Bills in that matchup. Nate, uh, another, I guess, a uh, matchup a uh, key in matchup um it's the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Indianapolis Colts and Jeff Saturday got his first win as the interim Colts head coach last week against the Raiders and the Eagles suffering their first loss of the season to the Washington Commanders um Nate this Colts team's improving um and I, I saw I I think I think it all started with the coaching change I think last week when I watched that game against the the Raiders Matt Ryan didn't look like he was panicking in the pocket. Matt Ryan looked comfortable. Everyone was playing on all cylinders. JT, JT had probably one of his best games yet this year. I I I I think highly of the Indianapolis Colts. I, I think that um defensively they got a good they got a good front four with Grover Stewart and um and and DeForest Buckner. So I mean I I, I have no there's no doubt in my mind that this Indianapolis Colts team will be competing in the NFC or in the AFC South for um, for a playoff spot. Now, on the Eagles side of the ball, obviously, you you suffer a letdown to the Commanders team, which the Commanders aren't a bad team. Um, Taylor Heineke is is a really competitive guy, an undrafted quarterback out of Old Dominion, who was not highly recruited in college. Um, and and now here he is in the NFL playing you know playing his best game, and you know the defense last week against um their their defense last week against against the uh, Eagles looked really well offensively they looked comfortable, and I think there were yeah were there a couple I I, I do think that there were a couple missed calls in that game I think I think what really helped the Commanders was you know the Quez Watkins fumble uh, the the uh, the Dallas Goddard fumble, and then they had interception. So you turn the ball over three times and uh, turnovers wins games. And that's, that's, that's what happened for the commanders. Now I think the Eagles do bounce back, but the Colts look, uh, the Colts look more re, uh, rejuvenated than what they, than the than Frank Wright Colts. They, I, I think this is going to be a good game. I'm taking the Colts in this matchup. Ooh. I think the Colts, yeah, Pete. I think the Colts are going to have their upper hand. I think their Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be packed tomorrow. I mean, you're you're going to see people there probably six 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 a.m. seven a.m. tailgating, getting it done. This game, it's it's going to be packed tomorrow at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I will be at that game. It's it's going to be a packed environment, and I think I think you're going to have the hometown crowd there. I, I do see the Colts winning this game, Nate. Wow. I mean, that's – hey, man, last week I picked the Commanders, so it's not a crazy pick. Listen, I mean, the Colts, I read up that Jeff Saturday dummied down the playbook, made it just 
less complicated to where like they the running backs and the wideouts aren't doing a bunch of random stuff that Frank Reich was doing some crazy offensive stuff and he just dummied it down and you could tell because Matt Ryan like you said he was calm just dude you have Taylor dude he was the top running back last year use him use him as a power back use your use a seven down lineman and push you got that guy and that line was top ranked last year yeah man the Colts looked pretty good last week and I know the Jeff Saturday hire for the Colts was very criticized because you know he's never coached even in college, he only coached in high school, but he's a, a Hall of Fame guy, lineman from the Colts playing with Peyton Manning. So it wasn't a terrible hire. It just was a very questionable one, but it obviously approved right, even though the Raiders, it looks like the Raiders are going into the mud. Looks like Derek Carr is going to be sent out. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, talking about the Eagles, though, man. <laughs> They can't stop the run. Losing Jordan Davis from Georgia, dude, they can't stop the run to save their life. Dude, if any team that has a top running back can, as long as they run it down their throats and keeps the ball away from Jalen Hurts, I think that the Colts can win this game, and I think they will too. I was actually going to say the same thing. I think the Eagles are going to lose twice, but this – Losing to the commander was a humbling experience. And I know I heard about all these excuses. And I get there was a couple calls. Dallas Goddard is now on IR, which is a big loss. And I heard that their new their backup tight end's gonna do just fine with Goddard's position. I doubt that. But man, I I don't know. I still love Jalen Hurts, but man. The Eagles are just, you know, they signed Linval Joseph and Adamican Sue. Maybe that fixes that running problem. Those are two huge guys that you can put in the nose tackle positions to keep the run empty in the A and the B gap. But, man, P, I, you know what? I'm going to say Indy, too. I think Indianapolis is going to upset them. I think it's going to be hostile, and I hope Indy wins. I, I want to see how humble the Eagles can get because – I think they're getting a little too cocky for their own well-being. No, I, I think you make a good uh, a good statement, Nate, because, you know, one, I, I think, uh, like you said, they went out inside Linval Joseph and, and Dominican Sue, two veteran defensive tackles who are big and can plug the holes. But I, the Colts offensive line has shown improvement week in and week out uh, since since the, the, the Frank Wright fire. So I think – I think yeah, you, it's one game. Everyone's on the hype of of oh hey, um, you know oh hey, uh, Jeff Saturday gets his first win as interim head coach, and then a bunch of people. Bill Cowher was bashing uh, was bashing Jeff Saturday, and I think, and I you know me being a Steelers fan, and I I I I like Bill Cowher, but I don't like how he how he made that comment about how um, about how Jeff Saturday never had. Uh, a coaching uh, have ne- never has never had a coaching experience. Um, that it's just unfair that you got to look at other candidates. Um, I, I think I think um, Ursay. I, th- I think Ursay has always liked Jeff Saturday. I think that the connection's always been there, and he was probably like, "Hey, if if I need you one day, I'm going to give you a call." And I, I think that's probably what I think that's probably what happened um, multiple years ago. So. Yeah, I think as long as the Colts play, as 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 long as the Colts are able to contain AJ Brown and 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 contain the uh, the con, contain the quarterback run with Jalen Hurts, I think the Colts will win this game. We go to uh, Foxborough, uh, AFC East showdown. It's the Jets and the Patriots. Uh, it was the Patriots beating the Jets early this season. This is the second time they will meet. Nate, I think. Um, Again, quarterback play is is very controversial for the Patriots right now. Um, I mean, they were able to they were able to come out with a win against the Colts last week or a couple weeks, two weeks ago, and uh, yeah, they beat the Jets. Uh, they beat the Jets the Sunday before. So again, it, it all depends on how how well uh, Mac Jones is playing. I, I think that if if things kind of fall in place, I think the Patriots win this game. But the Jets have also played their best game. 
as a six and three team. And this is the first time they've actually been this good. And um, probably about 10 years when Mark Sanchez was, was quarterback. So I think, I think playing, I think playing on the road in Fox, uh, Foxborough Gillette stadium, it's a, again, one of those hostile environments. Um, I, I like this. I like to see, I like to see the Patriots get a win here against a division opponent. Eight. Yeah, Pete. I mean, that ASC East division is very, very uh, competitive. Crabs. Yeah, man. They're, it's competitive. But, uh, you know, this game, I love how the Jets are playing, man. They're gritty. Sala's like, oh, yeah, we kept those receipts. You guys are writing us off. And I love that. He is a competitive coach. He's a lot like Dan Campbell. But the Jets got a lot more players and picks than the Lions have had to build that team but the one question mark i have for the jets zach wilson dude you need to start balling like come on like you're the reason the jets aren't even at the near the top they could be competing with miami and buffalo right now to be fairly honest because you know you got sauce gardner and them boys up in new york at the cornerbacks they're balling out they got that swagger they got that they got it all and Salah's got them boys just loving it. James Robinson's loving it up there. Dude, Zach Wilson, I mean, if he doesn't start playing better and they can get – they keep winning, give the keys back to Joe Flacco. Give it to old man Flacco because he has great rapport with Garrett Wilson, Conklin, and I know he hasn't played much with James Robinson, but, dude – I don't know. Zach Wilson's a huge question mark. He's trying to be too flashy and, you know, off the field, the dude has the swagger and they call him a couple of nicknames. I'm not going to go with it because sort of not family friendly, but uh, yeah, but to get to the Patriots, I mean, Mac Jones, I like Mac Jones and I'm happy that he's starting to start again, you know, with the competitive or the comp. competition with Bailey Zappi, it's it's gonna be hard on it. But even in Foxborough, that's a hostile environment. That's it sucks playing in there once it gets cold. It's hard on quarterbacks. I think the Jets win. I think the Jets keep winning because they know if they lose, then they're gonna fall out. Because I don't think even New England's gonna catch Miami or Buffalo. I think those teams are fighting for the wild card right now. But I think the Jets are going to win, Pete. I think I like Garrett Wilson and then boys and Sauce Gardner, man. Keep balling out, man. Cincinnati Bearcat, buddy. Keep going. Nate's taking the Jets in a win over uh, the Pat. Because we're running out of time. Uh, another couple of games you can watch out. You, go, uh, you got the Rams and the Saints, the Lions and the Giants, uh, the Panthers and the Ravens, the Commanders and the Texans, AFC West showdown between the Raiders and the Broncos. Nate, quickly, I want to get your predictions on these last couple games here. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings, that game's going to be played at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota. Two really good teams, two awesome teams, two really good coach teams. Nate, I, this is games like Buffalo, man. It's You, you don't know. I, 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 part of me wants to take the Cowboys, but I think the Vikings are going to have the upper hand here, Nate. Yeah, it's getting cold, Pete. It's getting late into the year, into December, and Minnesota, man, it's cold. So I think that they run the ball and they get turnovers on Dak. I think the Vikings are going to get that win and stay with only one loss and lead the NFC. Nate's taking the Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings as well. Uh, The Chiefs and the Chargers Sunday night football. Uh Obviously, we know that the Chargers are completely depleted at the wide receiver spot, and I think the Chiefs have have played been at, playing at a high level right now. Uh, taking the Chiefs over the Chargers, Nate Mahomes. I think Mahomes gets it done without Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm taking the Chargers, Pete. Oh, uh, yeah, and I know that's surprising, but even I mean, I mean the Chiefs they got Travis Kelsey, but they also don't have Juju, as you said, and they also don't have Miko Hardman. That's two. And I think that with Williams and uh, Keenan Allen still out, I think Keenan's still out. I think he is. I mean, it's in, it's going to be quarterback play and running backs. Who's got the best running back? And I think I'm taking the Chargers, man. I think the Chiefs get humbled. Nate's taking the Chargers over the Chiefs in this matchup. Um, 
And then our Sunday night game, Nate, it's the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals, uh, NFC West uh, battle. And, uh, Nate, I think this is a good matchup. I, I do think uh, I do think that the 49ers are able to, you know, bounce back from a, from the bye and, and play strong. I think they're going to get a win here um, against, against uh, Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, Pete, I agree. I think this is the Niners game to lose. Even with D Hop back, I think until Marquise Brown gets back, the Cardinals Cardinals aren't one hundred percent healthy. And only with James Conner, man, dude, they they dropped Eno Benjamin. I don't know why they did that, but I think the Cardinals are falling apart. Kingsbury's going to get fired at the end of the year, and Kyler and them are going to get watched very heavily and possibly traded for a rebuild. I'm taking the Niners, Pete. Niners in the matchup, and that concludes our show and segment today. Nate, be on the lookout yep. for some matchups today, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll count our we'll count our blessings for the NFL uh, games tomorrow. Hopefully, our predictions are uh, within right. And college football today, and next week we'll talk a little bit more about. Uh, of course, college football and rivalry week and where teams stand and bowl games. And yes, we, sir. We will go from there. Nate, you have a great day, my friend. And we will you see too, buddy. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs>